This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on a Wednesday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined by David Virchberger up there in New York City. David, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm good, Chase. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for being here, man. Um, it's becoming a uh, a monthly spot that I am not opposed to. Um, how was uh how was your holiday season thus far? Uh, pretty boring, which is, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, guess you should be happy about it under circumstances, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, wasn't like other holidays, but I got got some got some nice gifts last night and the uh, and the other night against Milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, by way of my Knicks. So pretty happy about that. Okay, was that the best gift you got? Was Julius Randle being a psycho good player? Being. LeBron James light, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I tried to, you know, I tried to bring that up to the to the mall Santa, and he said it was a little unrealistic. Mm-hmm. But here we are. So maybe, maybe it was, it was a Christmas miracle after all. I, uh, yeah, I just the Julius Randle stuff, and we'll get into the Knicks in a in a little bit because there's some there's some weird stuff going on there that um, I I. Just I, I I don't know. You have a better perspective on that than me at the moment. Um, well, don't forget, folks. You can listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify. Go check out chasethomaspodcast.com. dot com. Follow David at underscore vert. Follow myself at chase underscore thomas. Um, I want to get into first some early surprises. So, I have one team for an early surprise in terms of who I think is better a lot better really than I thought they'd be. And then a team that I'm really surprised is have been as bad as they've been. Um, I think the wizards are the common refrain for the, the latter, but I'm not really all that surprised that they're struggling at the moment. But um, for me, the better is the magic. Do you have the magic as a team that you're surprised is better than they, uh, than you expected coming into the year? Uh, four no is definitely unexpected. They weren't my number one team up there, mm-hmm. but I did in that sort of pack of the, let's say the play-in teams plus like the seven and eight seed, maybe that sort of pack in the East. I did always value them a little highly compared to the rest, just because, you know, they're coming back with a lot of the same roster. I think Fultz is really growing, and he's shown that in the early games. Like he's been a big part of their success. Um, and I don't know. They're just around. They're just there, and they're and they're solid, and they're well coached, and they they do what they have to every night. And um, you know, it's it's probably not a start that'll that'll last. But I'm, I'm not overly shocked at them sneaking a, a quick undefeated record. What's interesting to them? So I was I was thinking about their four no record, and I think it's just them and the Hawks, just like everyone expected. The two undefeated teams left standing here. Of course. Um, 
they I think they're benefiting from Jonathan Isaac not being on the floor for them because if they are not going to move Gordon anytime soon, then you it's just the overlap was just present and it's just it's an odd fit. It's a clunky fit. Vooch is always camping out at the top of the key. You have Gordon bringing the ball up sometimes. They're very they don't have a lot of shooting, but they play like a team that has a lot of shooting. Terrence Ross catches really cool lobs. Um, Mark Hell has just turned into a really solid point guard. Nikias Duncan had a really good piece on him at uh, Basketball News, so I encourage everybody to check him out there because Fultz is not shooting well. Like he's not a shooter, and he probably won't be. He's still not getting to the line nearly enough, but he's really good at navigating pick and roll now. He's really he's evolving on that uh, aspect. He's playing really good defense. He's passing really well. He's smart. Like he's he's doing a lot of cool stuff, but like. He's not going to be like a star. Like he's he's doing everything except the most important part of being a lead guard in today's NBA, which is shoot. And I don't think that's coming, but you know, maybe. But it it just they're smart. Like you said, they're just playing solid basketball and they're well coached, but they're driving and kicking a bunch. They're hitting shots they need to, but they also just don't play anyone bad. And this was like the reason that I thought the Pacers would be fine this year is that like there's something to be said in the regular season where if you don't have a bad rookie or just a bad player in your rotation, then you're just going to win. You're going to stumble into a lot of regular season wins. And they are stubbornly competent is the way I would describe the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. It's an interesting rule you have there with the uh, no rookie or player out there. They're, 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 they're weirdly seasoned because sort of, it feels like for years they've been the you know, sort of up and coming, like, oh, they're sneaking into the playoffs now. Yeah. Will they build off these sort of young guys? But they're like a veteran team now. They're, you know, they're they're pretty deep with guys that have been around, that have been to multiple playoffs, you yeah. know. Um, could be the year it clicks into something a little more than a first round out, but definitely have to have to wait and see more before we before we jump to that. Yeah, no, I'm not a believer. I still think they're going to fall back. I am not a not, believer. No. Uh, let me just go ahead and say this offense. I still don't think is going to be is not. I just don't think it's sustainable. I really don't think the offense and the way I'm watch. I just don't know where all the points are coming from. But um, in your team, who is your team that you have as a early surprise on the better end? I th- this was another team that's sort of coming in. I, I thought we're going to gel a little better than they look on paper. Uh, Cleveland. Mm. Off to their own nice little start. Uh, three Sex and one. Land. Only what's that? Sexland. Sexland, yes, Sexland. Oh man, yeah, those two guys are uh, definitely played well. I mean, I just like the how how the pieces fit coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought those two had a lot of potential, and then you know, Drummond's just a really nice, solid piece at the center position. Um, he's expanding his game a little more this year too, shooting more threes. Which I don't know if it's a big part of their success, but it's just just an interesting little little note there and you know they you know they haven't had love for a little bit um that hurts them but other guys have stepped up i mean i like nance off the bench i like chetty uh i like okoro who we also haven't seen much of i think once they have a full healthy roster they can sort of be that feisty uh that one we, we had the one sun season with bledsoe and Drajic where they almost made the playoffs we had that mm-hmm. one king season where they almost made the playoffs i, I can see the Cavs like making a play-in game and and causing a little ruckus or just being a feisty team throughout the year and they've you know they've shown that so far they kind of remind me of the grizzlies last year where the young guys are popping a little bit earlier than you would have expected with uh jackson and john um i i don't 
I don't necessarily believe in this. I think they're three and one. Um, I, I think you're right about the love uh, injury hurting them. But Lance, I think, is the better player at this point. But he was playing like 40 plus minutes last night. Um, they're very thin. No Okoro, no love, not a lot of depth there. Exum can't shoot. Um, they have Dotson playing a lot of minutes. I, I don't love their situation there. But... It was a problem with Dotson playing a lot of minutes. I, I'm not a Dotson guy. Not a, Are you a Dotson guy? Not a Dotson guy. I'm a Dotson. I'm a big Dotson guy. Okay. Not a Dotson guy. More of a Linkston Galloway aficionado, guy. if you will, David. Ooh, nice. That that uh, That is for the NBA Twitter sphere. Um, I, I don't know. I just... I think... They're good. They're solid. Like, I, are you a JB Bickerstaff guy? Like, it, it just—I'm not betting on anything there. I—I I just can't do it. I, has he had a winning season yet in the NBA? Yeah. So coming in, that was—that was one thing holding me back a bit. But I don't know. It seems like he's been doing all the right things with this team. Yeah. Um. Again, it's still early. Uh, I, I'd like to ask you once we do with the once we go through the teams that. Or worse off than mm-hmm. expected. I'd like to see which of all the teams mentioned you feel is the most real, the most glued to reality. Seven seventy games from now. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Well, we'll get to it. Um, on the negative end, teams that are worse than we expected. Um, for me, it's the Raptors. I thought they would take a step back, and it did. It's always interesting to go back because the teams that we don't have the <laughs> the balls to just say are going to implode or going to take a big step back because we're just like, well, no one wants to just feel hot take here or anything like that anymore. And a lot of people like Hollinger had the Raptors taking a step back to like the six or seven seed. And I was reading different things and I'm like, yeah. And we, we all were kind of nervous about replacing Gasol and Ibaka with Aaron Baines and Alex Lynn. And then they just paid OG because Giannis is obviously staying. So they don't have to worry about um, the cap room there. Fred Van Fleet just got paid. Lowry's a year older. Um, Pascal, can he really get better than what he was last year? And then you look at it, and he's like 8 for 23 last night. Fred Van Fleet's not shooting well. Lowry is not going nuclear offensively. And you're like, oh, right. This is an easy avenue to seeing how the Raptors can really start to fall off a cliff here. And you already got Masai and his contract looming over the next year. I'm suddenly not like hitting the panic button in Toronto, but I'm like, I I think they're in real trouble. And like blowing three, like blowing three games where they had a double digit lead first time in NBA history, a team has done this to start off the season. Like this is like, I had the Celtics as the team most likely to have the season from hell this year in the East, but I think it might be the Raptors. It's definitely possible. I mean, we haven't seen Pascal make a lot of the, you know, it seems like every year, Leading up to this one, it's been like an exponential stride between each year with them, and now it's sort of the development sort of plateaus a little with them right now, or you know at least so far as we've seen. Um, I think the scary thing with the Raptors is they're like one bad injury away from really being dry of talent. Mm-hmm. The good thing is if you're a Raptors fan, even if this season is only a seventh and eighth seed, even if you miss the playoffs, honestly, I feel like they're so well positioned and their development program is so good. Next year, when Chris Boucher is, is fully evolved, and you know you have you have guys like Bembry or or Stanley Johnson, one of these guys that can break out. You know, you, you bring in Malachi Flynn. I, I just think they're they're a young and improving team at this. It's weird they went from like champions in 2019 to okay, they're still good, and and now they can sort of 
is, you know, sit on that high line where they're rebuilding these, these, these young guys, developing these young guys to, to build future contenders. And they still have these, these layovers like Lowry, like Siakam, like Van Vliet that can keep them competitive right now. So, so it's weird. I mean, the, the own three start is rough. Um, they can easily, they easily have a path to being underwhelming. Uh, I, I think they bounce back. I, I think that team is just way too well coached, well cultured, uh, just the dogs on that team, like they're they're gonna fight for for every win. Um, I think like Raptors fans have a lot to look forward to in the future, even if the team flames out. Like, they just have a lot of good things going for them and a lot of flexibility. Yeah. So who do you have as your biggest surprise on the negative end? I had Washington. But then he okay. And <laughs> he said that's the thing. Like I really didn't think like. I really didn't think they'd be, come on, he can beat them. Even if you're, I, I get like, you know, you're throwing a new piece in the mix. It is always an adjustment. Lose some magic, bulls, some magic twice. What's going on here? And, and, and granted, I haven't watched enough of them to, to give a full, you know, breakdown of what's been their issue. Um, it's a little backwards when you look at the actual team statistics. Because they're actually better, I believe they're ranked better on defense than they are on 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 offense, which is not really. Oh, this said, yeah, twenty third on offense, twentieth on defense. Obviously, a small sample size, but that that that's not exactly what you did. Granted, they're just bad. They're both, yeah. you know, twenty and twenty third. Um, but yeah, they were my pick. I, I really, I really thought they were a shoe in for one of those last E spots, probably an eighth spot or ninth spot. Um, yeah. So, it's hard to see them continue, continuing this way, but I could be wrong. Well, it's not good that Bradley Beal is already opting out of media Zoom calls post game. That's probably not a good sign for Scotty Brooks. Not a good sign. Find what you want. I um, I didn't have Scott Brooks as first coach fired. I had Ryan Saunders before the year, but um, I still think Bo. I still think Saunders is getting canned. And did you see Rubio's comments last night? I did not. Okay, Rubio. Uh, not a fan of the way the <laughs> the Timberwolves are playing right now. Uh, the nicest way possible, just being like, yeah, no, we're awful. And um, I don't know. It uh, with Towns out, they could. Uh, they're not a playoff team. They're gonna slide. And uh, I don't know. I still think Saunders is probably the first coach fired. But um, I don't know. When I watched the Wiz Sixers to open up the season, and like the Wiz were up most of that game, and they just threw it away late. And Westbrook was in that game, and you watched how they played, but like. I keep going back to Shark's um, piece on the ringer. Did you read his piece on like how they're building around Beal and like their draft and like what they're doing just doesn't make any sense? I think it's in my pocket. Okay. I would highly encourage everyone to read that because it kind of outlines why the Wizards are 0-4 at the moment, which is Denny and Rui and um, Thomas Bryant and the guys that they have, and Troy Brown Jr. and the guys they've surrounded Beal and Westbrook with are the exact opposite kind of fits that they needed because they needed shooters. They need none of those guys are shooters. None of those guys are knocked down three and D guys. Like they don't have any of those people. And the fit is just bad. And there's just a lot of bad fits everywhere. And it's not like once I read that, I was just like, and then you watch it and practice and you're like, yeah, I don't I like these players individually. Like I like Denny individually. I like Thomas Bryant individually. I like Bradley Beal individually. I like, I kind of like, I don't know if I like Russell Westbrook individually. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just think this is probably something that's not going to get fixed. I don't think there's an, 
a, a quick fix on this roster. I think um, Scott Brooks, man, hope you're winning. There is a shooting team you could put around. Like Thomas Bryant can sort of shoot. Denny can sort of shoot. You have Bertans. Uh, yeah, the rest of the roster well, is Well, Bertans is even healthy, and I think that's department. a problem too, right? Like, he's only playing like 20 to 20 that minutes, is, yeah. and he's getting his conditioning back. Like, he's not even close to being normal. Yeah, I think he, he'll he probably open up a lot once he's 100%, and, and maybe Denny once he, he... He is shooting he's shooting well to start off the season, just not a whole lot. Yeah, but they're not I shooters. Mean, they're not guys put- who don't need the ball in their hands. Like, Denny needs the ball in his hands. Rui needs the ball in his hands. And, like, Bryant needs finishers. Like, I don't... I, Troy Brown was someone who... His, part of his appeal is just because of how good he is with the ball in his hands. Like, all these guys are actually pretty solid when they're creating for themselves. But they're not knockdown shooters who don't need the ball to be as effective as they could be. Like, I just feel like they needed more... A lot more Danny Green types. And they got a lot of... um just combo guard combo forward types yeah let's see if they can make use of what they have or if there's a maybe there's a trade looming i mean don't work out yeah i I don't i don't know the wizards are kind of in a weird spot now because i mean you just say it again sorry go ahead no no, go ahead i i don't know because if you trade beal like (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. It's still just so early. We're four games in for them. They could still right the ship, I think, at least to the point where they could still uh, get into the playoff ga- playing game conversation. But shorter season, you have less room for air uh, for these seasons. And like you, losing to the Magic, who are probably still a playing game contender. Uh, the Losing tiebreakers like that is important. And um, I don't know. I think trading Westbrook is a non-starter probably for this team and like who other teams are going to around the league look at but Beal I just I don't know it, it, it's very very interesting because Beal will probably be a lot more interesting to teams now that Giannis has signed the Supermax because he seems like someone who stands to gain a lot or the Wizards stand to gain a lot and Tommy Shepard their GM is probably enjoying that because teams who crossed off Beal because they were eyeing Giannis like Dallas or Miami or whoever are now more probably going to be more open to settling for Beal because they know that Giannis is not coming. So I think the Wizards, if you're a Wizards fan, that is something that you have to think about positively, right? Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to try and roll with these two for now, maybe do a marginal move and see how it goes if they, if they make a postseason before anything radical like that. But... It's also you look at the East and like who's really going to replace them? Even if even if they're worse than expected, you know they they're they're not a five hundred or they're just under five hundred something like that. Um, yeah, I don't see the Hornets replacing them. The Bulls, Detroit's zero four. The New York Knicks, maybe <laughs> maybe the New York Knicks. Well, we'll get to the Knicks because I have some Knicks thoughts, and I'm sure you do too. Um, oh, so I know. What was the so the question you wanted to pose to me? And I'll I'll flip it back so, to you. Yeah. Yeah, of all the teams that have outperformed, outperformed, underperformed expectations, or just not met your expectations, which which early start do you think will will reflect the rest of the season? Um, I think the Pistons are going to be the worst team in basketball. <laughs> Having watched two of their games, yeah, I mean, they're they're fucking atrocious. Like this team is built horribly. They're awful. They're not going to score enough. I like Killian Hayes a little bit. Like, I, I think he might be a thing, but 
Um, no, they are absolutely going to be the worst team in basketball. Like, I think that is real. The 0-4 star is real. They are they are awful. Um, and then something I do think is real is you're going to love this. As the Pacers guy, the 3-1 and Pacers I think is real. I think they're going to be in the top four seeds um, come playoff time because they are playing, Bro- health permitted, they are playing Brogdon, they are playing Oladipo, they're playing TJ Warren, Sabonis and Turner a shitload of minutes and then their only bench guys are the holidays and McDermott that eight-man rotation is winning a shit ton of regular season games like that is unbelievable competency that is how you do it and um I think uh, they're just gonna roll into like the I guess the whatever pace for an 82 game season like they're gonna roll into that 50 48 win total and I, I I do believe it's real that is a solid one through eight. Um, I think Brooklyn's first two games are very real. Mm-hmm. No, we haven't talked about them at all. I think. I, I'm I think are you concerned about Dinwiddie? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of messed up because it seems like the conversation always pivots to like his trade worth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sucks he got injured. Could have really flipped him for guys we really need. But um, yeah, that that was a that was a nice piece they had, and it sucks for him. Um, you know, he's a really likable guy and a really nice player. So, you know, wish you wish it doesn't happen, but that's going to affect them. I, I still think they're so incredibly deep, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides of the ball, honestly. Like Durant's look when he's when he's looked locked in defensively, he looks like the old Durant there too, which is which is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those. I think I think they're very real, and I, I guess Detroit. The Detroit being this bad isn't isn't under anything what I expected when I saw their, their roster compilation. It's so weird because all their, if you look at like any individual move, it's really not even that bad, but just the collective off season they had and what they did to this roster is, is such a mess. It is. It's just, they, it feels like they have 19 moves to make. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Um, and they're just going to be bad, but, um, that's good. They might, uh, win the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes or something. Um, the Nets I just are, want to believe yeah. in myself in a way that Jeremy Grant believes in himself as an offensive creator. Like that's that. I just want to have that level of confidence in something. I can't do it all whatsoever. No, see, I want Julius Randle confidence. Julius Randle is next level <laughs> Galaxy brain confidence. That is that guy. Like you said, looking like LeBron. Like what even is that stat line last night? He played like what forty four minutes. Him and Reggie Bullock forty plus minutes apiece. Tibbs being in the NBA is necessary. Tibbs running the <laughs> running it just an, an insane amount with Bullock and company is just is wild. I what do you even make of watching this Tibbs coach Knicks team? Um, he's trotting out creative lineups that I, I have not seen out of the Knicks in a couple in a few years probably. That that gives me a lot of a lot. Give of me an hope. example. The defenses, uh, things like you know for the sort of six 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 eight wings like. Barrett Burks, Bullock, and um, like Nilikina, or one of one of the other ones I'm I'm blanking on. Um, you throw them out with Noel, or you threw them out with Randall at center once as well. Um, last night you had a nice little Nilikina plus Peyton. I think it was Barrett and Noel at the center. It was just a nice mixture of of defense and then passing and spacing. Uh, I, I I like some of the things he's done there. You know, the Knicks look like more of a competent basketball team i don't know it looks like they're like they're finally being coached and it seems like guys are really being held accountable and 
obviously this is early, so we have to wait and see what, what sticks when they have their first bad losing streak. Um, if they have a bad losing streak, who knows? But yeah, I, I've liked them so far. I mean, the minutes thing was interesting last night. It was an eight-man rotation. Before Brooks was out, it was a nine-man rotation. And yeah, it's going to sound crazy, but your, your, your rule is don't have any bad rookies or bad players in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we make fun of Randall and Noel, yeah, these aren't, but like Noel's a decent player. Randall's fine. Brooks is good. Um, you know, Toppin and Quickly are hurt. Even when they're in the rotation, I, I think they've, they've done pretty well thus far. And without them in the rotation, you really have just NBA guys, Bullock, yeah. uh, Peyton, Barrett. They're so not young. It's, it's, That's like a miscue when people talk about the Knicks right now. It's like, no, they're not young. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, no, yeah. Tibbs is playing a bunch of competent veterans and then like RJ. That's it. Yeah. And Mitch. And Mitch. Solid minutes on a Mitch for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, those are just solid NBA guys and they seem to be running a lot more fluid offense, you know, making the extra pass. And yeah, it's, I've got no complaints thus far. I, uh, the, are, are you have you moved on from Frankie Smokes and Kevin Knox because those guys are in the rotation and I haven't I don't know what to think about either of them at this point but um, Frankie Smokes was just unplayable just with how bad his offense was in the last two years but Knox obviously not developing well it part of it's probably not his fault but um, have you checked out from any of them being like competent long-term pieces for the Knicks no, I mean, I, I will say Nilakina in his fourth year now doesn't look like he's he's made, I want to say, how do I call it? I guess the mental stride. Like, he hasn't flipped the switch where he's like, I need to I need to be a threat offensively. Like, not I need to score, I need to score 20, whatever. Like, I need, to, I need to be able to make the defense fear me offensively, that I can't shoot, that I can't score. Um, he had a fine couple of games. You know, Milwaukee garbage time, he had four threes, and then, uh, last night, he, he, he just solid backup point guard minutes. So I, I think he has a future in this league. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, but for him to break out, he needs to, to flip that switch mentally. Knox, uh, also a guy that, you know, I felt like the skill was there. You saw the talent. And it was just he needed to learn how to do the right things on the NBA court. And he, like, actually looks like an NBA player this season. Uh, a lot of things, you know, a lot of the small little flashes we've seen coming together his playmaking skills, he's really nice on the pick and roll. His shooting is looking good right now. Um, the defense is totally playable. He's making plays there. Random cuts. He, he looks like a high Q, solid role player right now. So uh, things are really looking up with him. Yeah, and I'm interested to see just how this all unfolds. And also, um, Barrett playing, I mean, not even just Barrett, but um, Bullock playing well, Julius Randle playing well, Peyton playing well is good for you because like that's a potential asset flip right like if randall can talk a team that's trying to pseudo contend or looking at uh, options like we need another rotation piece to make us a little bit more versatile um come playoff time like he is someone that uh smart teams probably target like the nuggets they're like hey we lost too much on the wing with craig and grant hey let's go call the knicks about reggie bullock and see if uh what we have to tie to to get him into our rotation for the playoffs like I, I think it's good that Tibbs is maximizing his vets because I don't think all of them will be there. And I think uh, smart teams will look at that and go, okay, at the deadline, um, we're going to push these guys out and see what uh, what kind of offers we can get for them. Because right now they're playing at a point where you're like, oh, yeah, smart teams are going to give up an asset um, for at least yeah. a couple of these guys. 
Yeah, and uh, I like the idea of flipping Bullock or Brooks for for a pick, but mm-hmm. if, I'll tell you if Randall keeps this up. And when, when I say, obviously, he can't average triple-double. He, he can't, can't be LeBron? Shooting. He can't be LeBron. He can't be ungodly from, from three-point range. But if this new passing thing, I'm going to really create more for my guys, and it's not going to be just quickly looking to score and taking bad shots. Um, if he's got if, – if the way he's playing the game, not his actual performance – remains the same through 70 games, I'd, I'd want the Knicks to look at keeping him. That's fair. That's fair. Um, ja, he's out three to five weeks. Um, ankle sprain came down weird in that Nets-Grizz game. Um, losing Ja, does that mean, can we cross off the Grizzlies from the playoffs at this point? Um, short in the season, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, especially in the West, to... Uh, to get through that. I mean, Jai is their team. Whenever he, he he went to the bench, they just got destroyed so far this season. I think that was the case last season too. Um, you know, it, it might take someone random like a like a Desmond Bain stepping up to, to keep them afloat, to take some of these games where where, where Jai isn't playing. But, yeah, it's definitely definitely easy to scratch them off right now. And you'd, you'd probably be smart for doing so. It's sad, but... I I had them as a step back team this year, and I just I wasn't a believer, especially with Jackson being out to start the year. It seems like they got a little bit worse. Are you a Dylan Brooks guy? Because I'm not a Dylan Brooks guy, and now his usage rate <laughs> is about to climb far more. Because I think this was a team that just was like an equal opportunity offense. Like Taylor Jenkins came from the school of Bud, where they played kind of like the Hawks in the from like five years ago, but now so like. Jaws usage rate I think was over 30 prior to him getting hurt this season and that's a new thing is like him being like all right I'm Derrick Rose now and that's great but when he's out you're like oh god Tyus Jones is now starting and Tyus Jones is not gonna have a usage rate over 30 so I'm just trying to figure out when you look at this group where the offense is coming from because someone's gonna have to um, finish possession someone's gonna have to have the their ball in their hands a lot more than they would like and who is the option here when you look at this roster and you're like oh god it's Dylan Brooks if you're a fantasy guy I guess then yeah you love this because he's going to be jacking up a ton of ton of stuff but I I think this is going to get really bad and really ugly for the next month for the Grizzlies I think they're in they're in real trouble of like really falling off a cliff yeah you're, you're like Julius Randle's confidence wait till you see Dylan Brooks confidence I know there, I'm, I'm not a fan I don't know if I'm a Dylan Brooks guy i'm not not a dylan brooks guy i'm intrigued i'm intrigued are I mean, you kind of i i i think i think he can be pretty good i, I think he 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 does things it, it's hard to, every it's hard shot to is hard for him that's dylan what brooks. i don't like about dylan brooks <laughs> he intentionally takes hard shots like that guy lives for hard. contested shots he cannot help himself i think he yeah. thinks he's cj mccollum but CJ McCollum is a master at this sorcery of making difficult, weird-looking shots. Dylan Brooks is not CJ McCollum. Like, I think Taylor Jenkins needs to sit him down, look him in the eye, and be like, you are Danny Green. You will not dribble. You will fly off screens. You will take open corner threes. That is it. Stop it. Stop taking CJ McCollum shots. Stop making life really hard on yourself. See, but I would trust him to dribble and penetrate over Danny Green. So yeah. that's at least a step. <laughs> that is at least a step. I, I thought I, I brought this up with a buddy. I think the Grizzlies, if this guy is on the trade market, they should be looking at getting Buddy Healed. Yeah, I think that'd be a really nice fit next to Jaw. 
Are the Kings going to tr- look to move him, though? Because the Kings, 3-1. and Yeah, one. at this point, man. True, yeah. Um, Have you watched yeah, any Halliburton yet? Bottom... You said Halliburton? Yeah, have you watched any of him this season yet? With some Jesus. Yeah, pretty good. I like him. He's he's good. I'm a Halliburton guy. Marvin Bagley yeah. quietly scoring in double figures every game he's played this year. Kings are fine. And that's a little good. They, they, if they can stay healthy and be coached well, I, I don't think there's plenty of talent there. It's hard to. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is. I feel like he might be one of the more underrated point guards in the league. Yeah, I think so too. It's just like, what is his ceiling? Like, is he is he still somebody that you could see being a top ten player in this league? Like, that's the tough stuff for the Kings. Is that they're going to have to. I mean, if you're the Kings, I think you just look at this season as like, if we can even get the playoffs, like are in the playoff game, like the season is a success based on what they've been the last 20 years. Um, I just, I look at the roster and I'm like, does anyone still profile to be like a top five, top 10 player in the league? And I don't think so. Um, does that necessarily mean that they should not just still continue on with Fox and Bagley and Halliburton and Heald? Uh, no, like I think they should still try and achieve competency. And like, if they have like a four to five year playoff run where they're just spicy and um, fun and give the fans some playoff games to enjoy before they um, reevaluate where they are as a franchise and just go, Hey, we've probably maximized what we can do with the score. Um, yeah, that's fine. I just, I don't think they have any, I don't think their upward mobility is, uh, as high as like the, the sun, depending on what Devin Booker becomes and Aiden becomes like, I just, I don't think Bagley and those guys really profile as game changers in the playoffs where it's like, oh yeah, this can be your best player on a contender. Yep. Uh, That's that's fair. I mean, there's, there's also so much can happen at any point. Yeah. They can bundle those guys for. For the next superstar that's upset about where they are, they can, you know. Well, hold on. It's the Kings. Hold on, David. They're yeah, not yeah. trading for a superstar. No. When was the last time the Kings traded for a superstar? Was it Weber? One with one with very little amounts of leverage. <laughs> oh, man. I guess James Harden, if you were the Rockets at this point who are winless, like, do you, do you just send him to Sacramento? Out of spite. I like that. It's yeah. Really funny. I mean, I would spite trade Harden. <laughs> I would. You're screwed anyway. Like the the Rockets are absolutely screwed, no matter what they do at this point. Raphael Stone is screwed. Steven Silas is screwed. Like this franchise is 100% screwed for the next five years. Um, I would just they haven't put themselves in the best position. But after what I've seen Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson do to the Brooklyn Nets, I I I, I refuse to believe any team is unsavable. That's true. That's true. I, they, but, put, they picked up off, off post Billy King <laughs> massive though Billy King is last year wasn't so bad but like all the picks gone all the assets gone. you had Brooke Lopez and and I don't really know what else and they managed to turn that around yeah um but it took time it took years it did and take time it did take time I just I don't think tra- the James Harden trade is just going to be so so sad I think it's going to be really really sad um but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. Um, last thing I want to touch on the Warriors, their lack of shooting. We've seen the jokes about Ubre and company missing just an unbelievable amount of threes, and the Warriors bench reacting last night to Ubre's first three was 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 fantastic. Um, <laughs> no Draymond, which I think people are forgetting. 
so they're 500 now they're two and two they're surviving Steph just doing everything he possibly can but uh it's just this team is just not deep and you look at this roster and you're like oh my god when Draymond's not there like Clay not being there is one thing but like no Draymond either it's just it's just tough like it's really really hard to survive especially in the west and they have guys that Pascal, I don't know if you're a Pascal guy. I'm not really a Pascal guy. Um, Damian Lee is having to have big nights for them to be good. Like Wiggins, when he's on, it, like that's huge for them. But that's how it's going to be. Like he'll have one one game every five games where he goes nuclear and like five or eight from three, like he did last night, and um, playing really well. But Wiseman looking really good. Like I, the Wiseman yeah. stuff, I think is real, and he is in a perfect situation for him. But when Wiseman and Draymond are on the floor together defensively, I think the Warriors are going to be a not um I, I don't know. I think they're just gonna be in that eight seed race because Wiseman and Draymond, I think, are just they're gonna keep this defense going, but I think the offense is uh I, I don't think you can save this offense this year. <laughs> I, I think I think Kerr needs to do a little because it seems like the Warriors just wanna sort of keep in place a lot of the same tennis of their offense that they have the past couple of years when they had these guys play and, and then, and better wings that were passer shooters, you know, drivers that could do all these things. Um, I think it just, just needs to make some adjustments, like actually change the system. Cause I don't think guys like Uber and Wiggins are really built for it. Like they're built for guys like clay mm-hmm. um, who plays very differently than a Wiggins or an Ubre. Um But I think, I think there's, there's even a decent offense here. Um, putting Draymond in there definitely helps the, the, the lack of high IQ sort of passing and, and, and ball movement has definitely been missed. Um, I think, I think once he gets in there, that that'll definitely help. I, I don't think it shouldn't be as big a train wreck as it seemed. It, it doesn't make, cause you know, all the jokes about Wiggins, all the jokes about Ubre, but they're like, they're NBA guys, they're NBA talent. They're, they, they can start on plenty of other teams. I'm sure it's, I, I think it's just going to take her a few a few weeks, and once Draymond's back, we'll we'll finally get to see this team get on track. But they're they're another one that's just like like you said, not deep and one injury away. To, they've already had so many that I don't even want to knock on wood right now. But they're very very fragile in the depth department. Their schedule is not great. So let me give you some games that are coming up. They got the Blazers on Friday, the Blazers on Sunday. The Kings on Monday on a back-to-back. The Clippers on Wednesday. The Clippers on Friday. The Raptors on that following Sunday. And then the Pacers that Tuesday. It's a little rough. We're going to learn a a lot about the Warriors in the next two weeks is uh, what I am saying. So keep that in mind, folks, as they're 500 right now. But uh, they've been playing some uh, worse competition at this point. And I'm gonna be very fascinating to see what happens here um and when draymond comes back but yeah um any other nba uh notes and things that you would like to touch on before we wrap up here david mm. no, i don't think i had anything i don't either the the hawks are awesome that is something that um i'm very hawks much enjoying yeah the Hawks are awesome. Nice little young team. They didn't have. I feel like the the Hawks and there were other teams. Uh, I'm trying to think now off the top of my head because I was. The Hawks just have like eight dudes that are in that like nice 
small forward, power forward height range, you know, the six, 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 eight, mm. they can all shoot and they can defend a little bit. They can dribble and pass a little bit and just have a ton of them. Like, like their their worst one, Solomon Hill, you can still trot out there, you know, mm. and they have all these young, and you have all, all these, and I feel like you just keep rotating that, you know, against, against opposing defenses and, and trying to stop them from, from hitting these shots that are being created off tray. That's just a lot to deal with. I think it's a, it's a, it's really nice benefit to have. And other teams also seem to stock up that way. Um, and it's, it's paid dividends for them too. Yeah, they're fun to watch. Trey's playing at another level, and it's just nice that they're still taking out the rotation. Bogdan just went out of the starting lineup, and um, Cam. I'm a big Cam guy, so we'll see what happens there with this development. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're, my theory, competent players, and uh, it's uh, competent rotations yeah. go, a, go a long way in the regular season. Um, so how, how, about, how about OKC? even being competitive a little bit. Shea is so much fun. I love SGA. Like that, watching him in last night against the Magic, so I watched that back this morning. Um, he's just, he does everything. And he's so much of a better shooter than I thought he was going to be in the NBA. But him and Dort and that group, um, Baisley is still fun on pick and roll stuff. But yeah, that team should not be should not be playing that uh, that well at this point. I mean, they're like one and two, but they're, they're competent. And Shea, Shea is very good. And uh, it shout out to him for keeping it going, even with everybody being gone and just a team where they're like, "Hey, can uh, can you lose these games because we have a bunch of picks and we uh, we want to be bad?" <laughs> yeah, um, they also have a lot of these like nice little wings. You mentioned Dort. I like, I like Baisley. Kendrick Williams is a nice pickup. Mm. Yeah, it's rookie Poku, the rookie Poku, the exciting little prospect there. I'm not gonna lie. They had a lot of guys on the court at times last night that I was just like, who the fuck is this? Like, I, they're, they're a classic who the fuck is this team um, where you're just like, they're going to have some G League call-ups and stuff like that during the season where I'm just like, I have no idea who's on the floor right now for the, the, for the Thunder. Next, uh, next inside the NBA, they should just have Charles Barkley try and name members of this roster instead of doing the... You know whose team? Who who does he play for? <laughs> yeah, just like how many could he name off the OKC roster at this moment? I think that would be <laughs> that would be a fun thing. Um, David, is there anything you would like to plug before we wrap up here tonight? Uh, you mentioned my Twitter underscore Verts. I'm uh, writing some Nick stuff at SNY and hopefully other stuff elsewhere coming soon. All right, happy to hear it. Thank you for the time as always, good sir. For that guy up there in New York. David Birchberger for myself down here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, that is all I've got, but uh, another episode coming tomorrow. Thank you as always, and talk to y'all soon. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.